Let's pray. Lord, you alone have the words of eternal life. So therefore, we come to your word this morning seeking those words. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. A mind to understand. A heart to believe. And a spirit to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ, his life, his death, and his resurrection. And this morning, we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The resurrection of Christ is one of the central truths, the foundations of the Christian faith. And it's so central to the church that we don't just celebrate it on Easter. We do this every weekend. Every weekend, we celebrate the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is risen from the dead, we know that we truly have been forgiven our sins. His resurrection proves our sins have been wiped clean and that death is defeated. And I want to let those know who are in the room this morning that have the difficulty of believing the Easter story, I want you to know that it's understandable. We are asked to believe that someone who was dead and decomposing became alive again. If you're skeptical, you have a good reason to be. But I hope as we walk through God's word this morning, that in your unbelief, you come to see that the words of Jesus are true. The main point of this sermon this morning is this. Our hope is found in the words of Jesus. Remember them. Our hope is found in the words of Jesus. Remember them. Our passage this morning begins with the women who were last to leave the cross and the first to arrive at the empty tomb. Verse 1 says, But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. Taking the spices they had prepared. At the end of chapter 23, we learn that these women have some unfinished business. Luke tells us that they followed the body of Jesus to the place in which he was buried. They knew where the tomb was. They saw him buried in that tomb. And so on Friday night, they went back to the place in which they were staying and prepared spices and ointments in order to more properly embalm the body of Jesus and prepare it for its final rest. And on Saturday, they rested in order to observe the Sabbath, in order to obey God. And early on the first Easter Sunday, Early in the morning, these women, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and other women, 
head to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. Like we would bring flowers to a gravesite. In their culture, they brought spices in order to embalm the body. Think about this, though. These women were witnesses to Jesus' crucifixion, to his death, to his burial. You can imagine how they felt in those early Sunday morning hours, depressed, exhausted, mourning their loss. The image of him impossible to erase from their minds. Him suffering on that cross, tears filling their eyes as they prepare to say goodbye to the body of Jesus. And as they're traveling to the tomb, we know from Mark's gospel that they're expecting for the tomb to be sealed by a stone. They ask one another, who will roll away the stone from us from the entrance of the tomb? They wondered who would help them move this heavy stone that sealed the grave. They expected the entrance to be blocked. But as they got closer, they saw that the stone was rolled away. This is the first of four surprising events that happened in this passage. They didn't expect for this stone to be rolled away. Who did this? Why is the tomb open? And as they look into the tomb, a second surprise the body of Jesus is nowhere to be found. These women are already in distress. And the empty tomb intensifies their distress. The body that they had prepared spices for was missing. Where was it? You could imagine how confusing all of this could be. And the text says that they were perplexed. They were at a total loss, confused. This did not make any sense to them. They did not expect anything other than a sealed grave and a dead body. They saw him crucified. They saw him breathe his last breath. And they saw him buried in this tomb. They were grieving. They were brokenhearted at the loss of Jesus. And now what has happened to his body? And although the women don't know the answer, there were hints all around them. Do you see those in the text? Miraculously, the stone was rolled away, leaving the house of death, the grave, doorless. The body of Jesus is not there pointing to the resurrection that Jesus had truly been raised from the dead. And Luke, the writer of this gospel, gives us even a further hint in verse 3 where he calls Jesus Lord. It says that they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Lord is one of the specific titles of the risen Christ even though Luke has not yet shown us that Jesus is alive, 
already he is expressing the joy of the resurrection and cannot help but confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But these women couldn't see the hints. The reality of Christ's death was still so real and difficult for them. And as they were perplexed, the third surprising event happened. Two angels show up. Luke describes them as men in dazzling apparel. Often when angels appear in the Bible, they show up in human form. These angels look like men and are wearing bright and blinding clothing. And the text says that the women are frightened and they bowed their faces to the ground. Understandably, the women were awestruck, as most people are when they encounter angels in the scriptures. It was because of their glorious appearance. But the most important element and the fourth and surprising event in our passage is what the angels say to these women. Angels are the holy messengers of God. And these angels give the women a gentle rebuke in the form of a question. You see that? Why do you seek the living among the dead? This was the angel's gentle way of saying something was wrong with these women's perspective. They were in the wrong place. They assumed that Jesus was dead which is why they were at the tomb so early in the morning. They believed that Jesus was still buried, and therefore they went to find him among the dead. But Jesus was no longer dead. He was alive. And so there was no reason for these women to look for him where he could not be found. The angels say, He is not here, but has risen. Jesus was alive. Jesus is the living one. The physical body of Jesus was raised from death to life by the power of God. Have you been looking for the living among the dead? Many people refer to Jesus as merely a great moral teacher. A lot of people love the dead Jesus. He was courageous. He was a man of conviction. But Jesus is not merely a great moral teacher. He is the Savior of the world who died as a sinless substitute and who actually rose from the dead. At the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, angels are sent to proclaim the birth of Jesus. And here in our passage, angels are sent to declare that he was not in the tomb, but was raised from the grave. Our redemption was accomplished. God sent the angels to say that Jesus is Alive. God knew that these women would be in the wrong place on that first Easter morning looking for the living among the dead. 
So he graciously sent messengers to tell them the good news of the gospel. God often does this. Even when we go to the wrong place, he is there ahead of us, pointing us back in the right direction. And that is what these angels do as they continue to address the women. Take a look at verses 6 through 7. They say, He is not here but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. Remember. Remember how he told you. Remember. These women had forgotten the words of Jesus. What he said would happen. Right after Peter confessed Jesus to be the Son of God, Jesus told them that the the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and he must be killed on the third day and be raised to life. He said this would happen. After Jesus' transfiguration, Jesus said, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. He said this would happen. The text says that they did, not, they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him. Jesus said these things would happen. And it was necessary for these things to happen. It was necessary for him to be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. The Bible tells us that all of us, all of mankind, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the penalty for our sin is death. We deserve death and eternal punishment for what we have done. And our sin has also caused a separation between us and God. None of us are good enough to get into heaven and have eternal life. We have all fallen short. And the only way to appease the wrath of God is for a substitute to suffer under God's wrath in our place. Sin had to be punished. There is nothing we could do to save ourselves. But the good news of the gospel is this, is that Jesus Christ became our substitute when he was delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified on the cross. Jesus took the penalty for our sins in order to save those who believe in him. It was necessary for him to be delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified, or not one sinner would be saved. And it was necessary for him to be raised on the third day. Jesus could not be kept in the grave. This was the plan of God. And the resurrection is a signal that God the Father is satisfied with Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Jesus said, These things would happen. He told his disciples, and these women heard him say these words. So what does it say in verse 8? 
and they remembered his words. He had said he would be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and that happened. They were witnesses to this. He had said that he would suffer and be crucified, and that happened. They watched at a distance. He had said that he would rise on the third day, and this was the third day. The stone was rolled away. His body was not in the grave, and they remembered his words. What he said actually came true. The point that Luke is making here in his gospel is to remind us to cling to the words of Jesus. They are true. Remember his words. We have not yet seen the resurrected Jesus any more than the woman who saw who who any more than the woman saw him who went to the the empty tomb. They did not see his resurrected body, but we have the gospel word, which should be enough for us because it was enough for them. Remember what Jesus said. He said that he would be crucified to atone for our sins and raised to give us eternal life. And if we believe this, God will forgive our sins, give us new life, and in the future, raise our bodies from the grave so that we will enjoy eternal life with God forever. How can we know for sure? By remembering Jesus' words, by believing the gospel promise that Jesus died and rose again. And when these women remembered his words, Their response was to spread the good news about Jesus Christ. They went to those whom they thought who would receive this message. They went to the apostles and to those who were with them and told them all that happened, what they saw and what they heard. And you would think that those who spent the most time on this earth with Jesus would have received this report with faith and joy. But Luke says, these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. The apostles thought that these women were out of their minds. They too were struggling with the loss of their leader. Their sin, their grief, their skepticism kept them from believing that he rose from the dead. And culturally, such a story from women would be viewed with suspicion. But keep in mind, these women were not relaying their own opinions. They were sharing what the angels had said, including the reminder of Jesus' own words predicting his death and resurrection. These are the men whom Jesus spent most of his time with. These are the ones whom he prayed for These were the men who would lay the foundation of the church. Jesus had specifically mentioned his death and his resurrection to them multiple times. But they dismissed the women's story of an empty grave and the angel's rebuke. 
which means they rejected the words of Jesus. They forgot what he had said. Like so many of us who have heard and yet not really heard the word of God. They never truly thought that Jesus actually meant what he said. But despite his doubt, Peter, Peter went to the tomb to check things out. The text says that Peter rose and ran to the tomb while Peter may have not remembered Jesus' words about the resurrection. He surely remembered how Jesus prayed for him and told him that he would deny him three times before the rooster crowed. He remembered his denial. And when Peter arrived at the tomb, he looked in, and he only saw the linen cloth that once were the burial clothes of Jesus. The tomb was empty. So he went home marveling at what had happened. This account by Luke is interesting. The way that he wrote it is very interesting in comparison to the other Gospels. We have these women who go to the wrong place, but then remember the words of Jesus. And then we have the disciples who doubt the resurrection. What is Luke wanting to teach us? What is God saying through the Gospel of Luke? Well, this passage teaches us that the resurrection has been shocking and surprising for people in all generations. Luke was just reporting the facts. The disciples were skeptical. No one made this story up. If they did, then the disciples would have been the first ones to believe. But they didn't. We see their sin in here. Their response was sinful, but human, very human. And their hesitancy to the resurrection actually gives evidence for the resurrection. They were at first skeptical, but they came to believe this. Jesus did appear to them later on in Luke. They were eyewitnesses to his resurrection and in fact spent the rest of their lives preaching the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ at the risk of their lives often being mistreated and persecuted. And I wonder when the apostles preached about the resurrection and people laughed and didn't believe them. Did they recall that time when the women first told them? Did it give them compassion on those that they were proclaiming the gospel to? The initial response of the apostles mirrors the response of many people today. They don't believe in all this Jesus stuff. It seems like a whole bunch of nonsense. They dismiss the story of Jesus and continue to live their lives as though nothing happened that first Easter morning. Is that your response today? Have you heard the Easter story before but never really done anything about it? Have you ever thought, well, that's just for those church people, but that has nothing to do with me. If so, then you are missing out on the greatest news in the history of the world. Jesus is alive. 
Jesus is alive. And if Jesus rose from the dead, that means that if you put your faith in him, then one day you will rise from the dead too. Don't believe the lie that you can get to heaven by being a good person. The Bible tells us that no one is good. You cannot save yourself. You need a savior. And if you don't trust in Christ alone for your salvation, then you will be punished for your sins. Hell is real. But so is the resurrection. You can experience true joy and peace, forgiveness for your sins, assurance. You can have hope that is living and sure if you turn from your sins and trust in Jesus. And so if you are here this morning and you don't believe in Jesus, I urge you to trust in him, to repent of your sins, believe in him. This passage teaches us that the resurrection has been shocking and surprising for people in all generations, but it also teaches us about ourselves, about our own unbelief and forgetfulness. Luke exposes the unbelief of Jesus' chosen disciples. They not only doubt the words of the women, but they doubt the very words of God. They should have remembered what Jesus said. This reminds us of our own unbelief and forgetfulness. When we hear the word of God and yet we ignore the warnings about sin, we doubt and we get anxious and refuse to be comforted by the scriptures. We listen to the stories of this world with so much belief and yet doubt the very true and trustworthy word of God. We need forgiveness for our sin of unbelief. The apostles also forgot the words of Jesus, what he had said to them. We often forget what God has said in his word. J.C. Ryle says this, the dullness of memory is a common spiritual disease among believers. We are prone to wander. We are prone to forget we forget that we were made to reflect God and live for his glory in this world, not for ourselves, not for our convenience. We forget that God says that he will work out all things for good. And in moments of difficulty and affliction, we often forget this. We forget that he is in control, that he has a plan and purpose for every single thing that happens to us in our lives. Why is it important that we recognize our own unbelief and forgetfulness? It's because when we see who we really are, then we will see how much we truly need this risen Savior. The good news of Easter is this, that Jesus Christ has conquered sin and death and the grave. He rose from the dead on Easter morning. He is alive and well today. You will not find him among the dead. He is among the living. And he offers new life to you. The Bible tells us that those who trust in Christ will share in his resurrection. The fear of death and judgment are taken away. That's good news. 
Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. In the resurrection, God is revealing publicly that he has accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on our behalf. He is saying to everyone who believes in him, your sins have been forgiven by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, in the tomb, and in the resurrection. This is where our hope comes from. This is why we need to remember the words of Jesus. Our hope is found in his words. The resurrection also reminds us that we worship a living Savior. That means that you can go to him. That means that he's interceding for you. That means that he comforts you and is near to all who call on him. And it's important that we understand the resurrection because our ultimate hope is that our bodies one day too will be raised from the dead. Death is not the end for those who believe. We've buried saints in the five months that I've been the pastor here. We have a hope that that's true. Death is not the end for those who believe in Jesus. Because death could not hold him, he has defeated death. Our hope, our anticipation depends on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, he is the first fruits of the resurrection. Because he has been raised, we know that we will be raised on the last day. The Christian hope is not that we will go off into some weird spiritual fairy tale land. It's that one day our bodies will be raised out of the tomb, glorified, perfected, and united with our souls, and we will live with God forever. Peter, the one who ran to that tomb, wrote later on in life, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Are you a believer in Jesus' resurrection this morning? If so, continue to remember Jesus' words and share your faith with others just like the women at the tomb did. Share that Jesus died and that he rose again from the dead and that he lives forevermore. This is good news worth sharing. And if you're not a believer, some people think that it would be easier to believe in Jesus if they could go back and see the empty tomb. But the men and women who did see the empty tomb struggled with doubt. They did not believe at first, but only came to believe later on. And when they believed, it was because they believed the same words of Jesus that we have been given in this book. Christ has died for the sins of those who believe in him. And through his resurrection, he gives new life and promises eternal life in the world to come. 
And so if you desire salvation this morning, the Apostle Paul says in Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, the risen Savior, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus Christ is alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And what he said actually came true. Our hope is found in the words of Jesus. Remember them. Let's pray. Father, we are amazed at the grace that you have shown us in the gospel. Thank you that Jesus died for our sins and rose on the third day. Thank you for the new lives that you give us because of Christ's resurrection and the promise of our resurrection in the future. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness for our unbelief and forgetfulness. Help us to remember Jesus' words. We pray that we would be like those women who remembered his words and went out and proclaimed the gospel. Help us to do that in this dark and broken world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.